first year of priesthood has certainly had a lot of unique experiences for me, this being one of them, um, being able to celebrate Mass virtually with y'all. Um, throughout my time in seminary, my favorite classes have always been the scripture classes, I think particularly the Old Testament classes. My heart was just always drawn to just seeing how God loved the faithfulness of his people Israel, um, his, his, the faithfulness of his love, how no matter how many times they turned away, they turned away, they turned away, he was always there calling them back, always reminding them. And seeing how all these Old Testament prophecies are brought to fulfillment ultimately in Jesus and, and in the ministries that we celebrate now. And throughout the old, a lot of the Old Testament deals with Israel longing to be somewhere. So Israel longing to be in the promised land when they were in Egypt and wandering through the desert. Israel when they were in exile multiple times longing to come back to just to this land that God had promised them. And, and, and seeing how that, the exile is just a constant theme, and never did I think that like we would literally be in exile. Um, that like we long to be somewhere where we can't be. We long to be in church. We long to be at school. We long to be with our friends. We long to be with our sororities, fraternities, sports teams. We long to be somewhere where we can't be right now. And I never thought that I would um, just be able to experience exactly what Israel was going through. Um, can, we can, I look, kind of would look at it from afar and appreciate it from the outside, but, but these weeks have given all of us an opportunity to, to really be in exile. Um, and the first reading from, from the prophet Ezekiel um, is with, exactly within that context. What we hear is actually the very end of a, of a much larger snippet. Um, see, the, during the prophet Ezekiel's time, the people of Israel were on exile in Babylon. Um, they longed, they were longing to be back in Jerusalem. They were longing to be worshiping at the temple. They wanted to worship God there in the spot where he promised to be with them, to worship God the way that they had been used to, the way they had known how, to worship in the temple through the sacrifices. This is what God said to do. And they wanted to do that, but they couldn't because they were in Babylon. And so Ezekiel was in Babylon preaching to these people, acknowledging the difficulty of where they were at, acknowledging like, yes, it's good, and we desire to, to, to be in that spot, but know that God is with you right here as well. Um, not undermining the, the importance of worshiping in the temple, but Ezekiel's message is essentially boiled down to two points. It was, yes, we're, that day is going to come again where we can all worship in the temple. We can all come together and worship God the way that he, that he promised us that he would, um, but until that day comes and we can hold hope for that day, but until that day comes, he's really present with you right here, right now. Uh, he hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. And it's almost uncanny how many parallels we can draw between Ezekiel and the people of Israel at that time and our current state right now. Yes, we long to worship God here in the church. I long to see these pews filled up with people. Um, and we, that day is going to come back. But um, until then, God is still with us right here, right now. God still has something that he desires to work in each and every one of our hearts. Um, and the, the image that Ezekiel uses to portray this, it's the valley of the dry bones. So this, this passage comes at the very end of the, this vision that Ezekiel has. And in the vision, he sees this whole valley filled with, with, with dry, kind of, of rotting bones. There's no life present there. And the people, the, the bones are calling out like, God has forsaken us, God has left us, we can't, we can't find him. And God tells Ezekiel to prophesy to these dry bones. Tell them, like, no, the word of the Lord is here. Speak the word of the Lord to these dry bones. And as he does that, 
the bones come to life. They become enfleshed. And a spirit, the spirit of life comes within them. And he sees now not a, not a, a valley of dry bones, but a countless army of people who have been, who have been raised up by the preaching of, of, of the word of God. Symbolizing this desire that God has to come into this dryness, to come into this darkness, and to bring it to life, to raise it up again. The gospel with Lazarus, the, the Lord desires to bring what is dead, to bring what is empty, to bring what is lacking, to bring our longing to fulfillment, to bring, the, to bring death to life. That's, what, that's the whole point of why Jesus came, to take our longing, our, 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 our brokenness, our hardships, our struggles, and to bring life to that. And not just by, by taking it away, but what does Jesus do? He enters into death. He, that's what we're remembering this Lent. Jesus' own death, his own passion, by entering into that with us, his presence with us in that is what brings it to life. And so even now, that's what the Lord desires to do. As, a, um, as I prayed with this image of the dry bones, what I thought of this morning was, um, I don't know if you, if you watched Pope Francis's uh, Irby at Orby blessing yesterday, where he, uh, he blessed the entire world. And it, I don't think this has ever happened before. It usually happens at, at Christmas and at Easter. And as, as far as I've researched, I don't think it's ever happened at an extraordinary time such as this. Um, and that image of Pope Francis, it was about 6 o'clock in Rome when it happened. It was noon our time. Um, and Pope Francis walking by himself in a dark, it was getting dark in Rome, completely empty square of St. Peter's, raining. Just that image of that one, one man just walking by himself through the whole square up to the, 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 am, the podium that was prepared for him. And that's what, I, as I'm imaging, imaging the dry bones, that's what I thought of. Um, in, the, in the midst of what seems to be dark, what seems to be empty, um, a little light. And what did Pope Francis do yesterday? He, he took the, the, the Eucharist. Jesus. He took Jesus' presence and brought it into that darkness. He brought it into that empty square and blessed the whole, the square, the, ci the city of Rome, and the whole world with that presence. Being a, like a reminder of the light that in the midst of the valley of the dry bones, in the midst of our own darknesses, in the midst of our death, Jesus comes to bless it with his light and with his life. And Jesus does that to each one of us right here, right now, wherever we're at. I've had the, um, the, the, the opportunity just over the last couple weeks to talk to a whole lot of people about where they're at, what they're doing, priests, non-priests, um, how are they kind of getting through these last two weeks, I think it is now. And I've heard everything from like, you know, actually this really isn't that bad. Um, I have a much better pace of life. I've been able to pray more. Hearing the graces of just like people just rediscovering prayer, rediscovering the importance of, of just the mass, the things that they've taken for granted, and are recognizing the longing having the, the space to pray, the space to enter into like their home life and their family life and seeing how all that's been rejuvenated, um, to the other end of just being really confused, really angry, really just like lost. Like, why, why is this happening? Why does God allow this to happen? Why, why can't I just have my life back? As we kind of get into a, a rhythm of life now, I think the newness wearing off, we're kind of get, get into this like, all right, this is great and all, but I just want my life back now, you know? Um, and wherever we're at, and that whole spectrum of emotions and feelings, I think what we do doesn't change. We do exactly what Martha and Mary did in the gospel. We do exactly what those dry bones did in the first reading. They relate what's going on to Jesus. Martha and Mary said, 
Lazarus is sick. Lazarus is dead. And if you would have been here, it would have been better. Right? The dry bone saying, the Lord has abandoned us. The Lord has forsaken us. He's not here anymore. We're, we're, we've lost our hope. And if wherever we're at, whether good or bad, we relate that to the Lord, he's able to come and to speak to us in that. He desires more than anything to speak to us. And he made us a promise that he would never leave us alone, that his light would be present here, and that no matter what happens, he's going to reveal himself to us. And that promise never, ever, ever changes. If we relate, if we tell him what's going on, he's going to speak to that. Without, without question, without fail. It may not be in ways that we expect or ways that we want, but he's with us. And that is never going to change. And let the longing for that day when we can come back and worship here, when we can come back to our schools, our teams, our friends, our family members, that day is going to be like a resurrection. There's a great joy that's awaiting us. And so as we slowly kind of go through our exile, as we approach the joy that the Lord has prepared for us, know that he's with us in that. Recognize that presence. Relate to him in that. Let him speak to him and let him speak to you. So that when we experience that joy, we may rejoice most fully in the gift and the promise that he has prepared for us. So know of our prayers for you. Um, and we, we're all together longing for that day when we can experience our Lord together physically in the Holy Eucharist. Amen.